0: This is Clay Harrison from Embrace. Embrace is a new church in the greater Houghton area of Louisiana. And on this podcast, you'll hear from various voices with a common thread of helping people point their lives to Jesus. On this episode, John Calvin Johnson joins me for a conversation that dives deeper into the theme of lost and helps us conclude this theme for the time being. I hope our conversation helps you reframe the lost paradigm and center yourself on Jesus' calling to go and seek. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Okay, well, we're here with John Calvin Johnson. John is our worship coach at Embrace, and it's glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You bet, man. Why don't you you share, uh, for people who don't deal, a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, So I kind of... Uh, I moved to Bossier in 2018. Um, in August, I took a teaching position. Um, I had been working at a church for a few years past that point. Um, and when I got here, I met with a pastor um, who's a friend of mine. And I you know, was just asking her about some different churches and what they were doing in the area. And she said, I need you to meet my friend because they're doing something pretty cool with a church plant. And so I kind of met Clay, you know, I think around November, December, somewhere in there, maybe.
0: The last year, yeah.
1: Yeah, something like that. And we were just kind of in communication about what they were doing, all that stuff. And then really this summer, you know, we just started piecing together, meeting more and talking about their worship experience. And it was a really cool opportunity um, that he presented me with. Um, kind of taking my worship background into a different level in terms of mentoring other people. Um, So I had a worship background starting kind of honestly all the way back in middle school-ish. You know, that was kind of back when it was... Man, I would say worship sometimes, <laughs> I guess the early starts of contemporary worship, you know, so some of it is infamous at this point, but you know, everybody had a youth band that was playing all those songs that were considered really cool that time. Um, but really, I, I think contemporary worship didn't really become a thing in my life until I started working at summer camp. Okay. Um, Wiscachita Retreat Center gave me a chance to work during the summers and I was able to be a part of a worship team and it just kind of blew my mind you know, yeah. to encounter God in a different way, a unique way that I wasn't accustomed to growing up in church. And so from that kind of bloomed an opportunity to become a worship leader in Lake Charles. And I did that um, about two and a half years. And so I in total, I've been doing worship stuff for about seven years, I would say. And so this opportunity is really cool because I kind of just get to help um, with organizing teams right now maybe hopefully mentor people and just give some experiences that I've been able to go through and been blessed to do.
0: So what were some of your favorite songs in those middle school years?
1: Ooh. Um, Hmm. Yeah. So honestly, stuff like DC talk was okay. a big one, obviously, <laughs> you know, like Jesus freak. When, uh-huh. That was this, that was kind of almost like, uh, it's almost kind of like, you know, the, um, rock emo mm-hmm. Christian era you know and another one there was actually a rapper okay. called KJ5-2 oh yeah yeah <laughs> and um, so he, he was pretty fun too but a lot of those people were new on the scene Cutlass and all of them so that was I mean really like the birth of some of the um, I guess moving from what I consider praise and worship bands and stuff like that to actually what worship teams could look like. And so we went through kind of a weird thing there. And then suddenly churches started to create worship teams. And that's where we've kind of morphed into here, but definitely Jesus freak was pretty (laughs) high on the list. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: Well, John, I appreciate you and, uh, John works with a lot of people in developing uh, bands in different ways and been able to see in a short amount of time working with with people who are middle school right now, who are learning to play the drums for the first time and other bands coming together and some other people who've been playing for a while. And so it's cool to be able to bring people together and create a new experience. Absolutely. Just
1: creating an avenue for them to get to do that. It's pretty cool. Well,
0: um, at a later date, definitely want to have you back and let's hash out some worship stuff. I'm sure that's a conversation you get all the time, but I would like to kind of shift and have a maybe a little different conversation than, than about worship in a musical sense. And, and that's kind of what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, is this theme of being lost. And what we've talked about in our previous episode, we shared a sermon where we talked about Luke 10, 1-2, where Jesus sends out 72 people into other towns and villages that Jesus is about to go into, and he blesses them and says this prayer. He says, uh, the harvest is large as you possibly could ever imagine, but the workers are few. So ask for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. And that's really what we dug into the previous time, the previous episode. And we shared a little bit about our context as Embrace Church right here in Haughton, Louisiana, and being able to see the world around us in, in a different way. And that really is what this this whole text right here is about. The story that Jesus is sharing, um, uh, Luke is sharing about Jesus, is to see the world as Jesus sees it. And that's an experience that we're not going to have on our own. Somebody has to teach that to us. And so this this is something that hopefully, as readers of the Gospel of Luke, or hearers of the Gospel of Luke, Luke in this case, that we'll be able to see the world around us a little differently. That the what the place where we live, where we work, where we play, the place where we're going. Uh, tomorrow or or in the future, that we would see that place as a harvest, as a field that's that's ready to grow and to come to something new and flourish, that we are being sent into to cultivate, but we're not called to do that alone. So I'd like for us to kind of dig into that a little bit. And what I'd like to do is 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 I'm going to read a couple of verses here and um, expand that so we can dig into it. So. Uh, if anybody wants to follow along, if you're if you're able, uh, this is Luke chapter ten. I'm going to read verse, verses one through five, th- one through four in this translation. This is the NET. Uh, after this day, I'm uh, sorry. After this, the Lord appointed seventy two others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest." Go, I am sending you out like lambs surrounded by wolves. Do not carry a money bag, a traveler's bag, or sandals, and greet no one on the road. So I want to pause the story there because we're going to pick that story up further uh, in, our, in our next episode. But what are some things, uh, John, that, that stand out to you when you hear this text or maybe that, that, that stand out in your memories from the way in which somebody have taught, maybe in the past has taught you about this or in your own readings?
1: I I think, you know, one of the first things in mind when I look at verse four, two, when he talks about, you know, don't take anything with you, no bags, no money, no, nothing like that. You know, I remember one of the, I I would say one of the pivotal, it's actually funny because we were just talking about middle school with worship stuff. When I was in middle school and we first read that about how he walked up to future apostles and was like, Hey man. If you're coming with me, let's go now. Yeah. And they drop their stuff. And like, literally, I think my jaw hit the floor, you know, um, just to have that kind of mentality of just drop everything and go for this. Like, this is your calling. This is your life. Seize your moment kind of thing. I think that's interesting. And I think that it's interesting. That's being brought up again here. You know, you talk about, you're not taking anything with you. Like, just trust me. We're going for it. I'm sending you ahead. And, um, I think that's another, uh, key part too is like, There's some trust here, right? Yeah. Like it says that the Lord is sending people ahead. Like I'm sending you ahead to go out and visit these people. Not like I'm going to go talk to everybody real quick. Make sure we're good. That you don't have any problems. And then I'll send you guys. No,
0: like there's some trust there. I think that's pretty cool. Sure, indeed. And um, in that, I mean, trust is a very big theme that we see here in Luke. And and I think often we talk about trust it comes up as we need to trust in Jesus a little more. If we just had a little bit more trust, then yeah. you know, imagine what can happen. But here what we see instead is that Jesus trusts people. Yeah. So he, he sends them out. We don't even know these people's names, but he, he trusts who they are. He's yeah. like, go and do this. You can you can do this. Yeah. You can do this.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I think that's cool too, because you see in John, oh man, one of my favorites is when it's talking about how the same power that I have, it's talking about Jesus is talking about the Holy spirit coming and kind of being the advocate for everybody when he leaves. Mm-hmm. And he says the same power that I do things through that you'll do works and even greater works than I've done like that. That's pretty mind blowing. Right. It for, is. I mean, he's, he, it. it's Jesus, but I mean, like <laughs> who can be better? Than it's Jesus, literally right? <laughs> Jesus. And he's like, no, y'all aren't just going to do stuff, but y'all are going to do more and greater works than I am. Like just poof, yeah. mind blown. So it's pretty crazy to see the trust that Je- I, I just feel like Jesus is always in our corner. And trusting mm-hmm. us right and I think you know obviously we know ourselves we know have a pretty good grasp of our shortcomings and um, for him to just always speak life and encouragement into us is really like interesting not one that is just for some people I think when you think about religion you think about oh no it's more about my shortcomings and it's more about I haven't met this area of grace and so that's that's really cool to just see that completely flipped on its head, which Jesus is pretty good about. Yeah, he's
0: pretty good about flipping things on his head, you know. And I think that's that's good because think about all the things that we bring with us to this story. Uh, whether whether this is the first time we're hearing it, or we've read it before, or whatever. I mean, when we when we hear this story about Jesus talking to people, we sit on this side of of the story of Jesus, and so we bring with us expectations like, okay. I am someone who is a follower of Jesus, which means in our context, okay, well, uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sin. And so we get into this context of what it means to follow Jesus, to be saved. And so we have this whole view worked out in our minds and, and sometimes it can be really challenging and we don't feel like we can fit into that. Right. But, but in this story, Jesus is living, breathing, walking around with people. Yeah. He hasn't died on the cross right. for the sins of the world. Uh, This is literally early in the story of Luke, and he sends out 72 people, no names here. Yeah. Men, women, there's no no gender here. I mean, just 72 people to go before him. And it really is this prepare the way place. I mean, we talked, you hear about John earlier, how he prepares the way. And this is the same thing that he's doing here. These 72 people who have encountered Jesus are entrusted to prepare the way. I, I just think that there's something powerful in that as we consider what it is that we bring to the text. So, how does that uh, fit in with with some of the things maybe that you bring to this?
1: Um, that's a good question. I, you know, it, it's interesting talking about that point too about how I feel like I read something the other day about it was talking about the best TV shows and what sometimes people get confused when they're trying to direct or write scripts for a show is that, um you know, you're subverting the character's idea of what they think is going to happen. Like, it doesn't always mean us as viewers doesn't know what's going to come before us. And like, sometimes we can get too caught up in subverting expectations, right? Sure. Um, But I think Jesus does a really good job of subverting expectations, you know, and kind of just blowing people's mind. Like, again, like, I'm trusting these people, not going to list them. Like, obviously, probably not royalty like that. Is supposed to be a big deal at that time like just uh, just to me that just speaks of you know that he is willing to um, really just equip anybody that is called to it as opposed to calling people who are already equipped for that situation
0: I mean really at this point the only thing that we know about these people is that they follow Jesus right we don't know that they understand yeah. who Jesus is. We don't know that they understand the stories that Jesus shares. We know very little about them. Yeah. But yet they're still the ones that are, are, are chosen and even here appointed. Like Jesus is, is is recognizing them as capable individuals to go and do this work. Yeah. And the work they're doing is tied into good news. Like they are already equipped and prepared and the way in which they live, work and play already to share good news and to be good news people and that is just amazing to me because we don't have to if we look at that story and we look at the continuation of the gospel we don't have to be at a certain place to share good news or to have received good news we're always growing in that grace of god and great and learning and all but we don't have to get to a certain point to do that i mean here the story is simply you, you following jesus (laughs) oh yeah
1: well and i mean that's something that i've come across a lot you know in my time with being involved with the churches you meet so many people and myself included sometimes where you just don't feel worthy enough right so you just don't feel like you're in a place where you can talk to other people because you're going to feel hypocritical about the things you've gone through maybe all of this stuff and you know we don't have the names but for the people to just be able to work past that and just say you know what we're just going to go out and do this thing um, is pretty cool. But especially, you know, that Jesus would, I think that's the biggest thing. If we can get past ourselves sometimes, I just think it opens the door so much. We have so much of our own baggage that gets in the way that isn't even truly like God doesn't care. right? You know, like he, he, he gets it. He just wants to work with us. He just wants to be able to provide this avenue for other people through us. And we just have to literally get out of our own way.
0: Yeah. I think there is a lot of getting out of our own way. And that's the tough part, right? Yeah, it's very, uh, very tough. And it can get really tough when we start putting more things in the way as a church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. and, and a lot of people get hurt in that way in, in big ways. But here what we have is we have this urgency. And, and it uses here this this agrarian sense of, of harvest. And uh, there's this urgency where... The harvest is plentiful. So this isn't this isn't a harvest where they're going out and tilling and hey, look, I need you to go do this work because I need to plant some wheat or grow some hay or whatever corn ripe or whatever it is. For the be. picking, right? It's ready. Yeah. It's ready, but there's no so so instead what's happening is the urgency is is if someone doesn't do something, it's gonna go to waste. Right. And of this thing that's all wonderful and before us and that – can sustain life and it could be a source of, of joy and great wealth and all, all the things that we associate particularly in this culture with a large harvest, something larger than you could ever imagine. Imagine looking across the horizon and and seeing this field that's ready for the picking and there's not enough people to do it. Yeah. So there's an urgency there to do this before, before it's not available to you.
1: And and you know, it's funny because you think about, you see all of these videos sometimes of like, a thing where a whale has is on the shore and like all of a sudden, like you just have these random group of people who don't even know each other are all working together to put water on the whale and to try to find ways to call. And next thing you know, like they're all working as a team, you know, that's just one, but like all these examples where there's no time to overthink the situation yeah, and we just act and that's when some of our greatest things happen. And so I think I think so. I think that's what's cool about the urgency too. It's kind of like, come on, let's go. Like let's make this happen. And so the people are like,
0: okay, let's do this thing. And for Jesus here, he trusts, like we go back to that trust theme. Jesus trusts in these people. Like you have what is needed. I am sending you. You're the right one to do this. Yes. Not someone else. In fact, you're the person that's going to go out and beginning in this work, you're going to be praying for more harvest workers. You're going to be the reason of other people join in. Hmm. And so, and I was reading this, I, I made a couple of notes here, and um, I want to connect back to, to our lost theme because sometimes when we when we share stories, when we look in the stories of Jesus here, we think about lost. And I shared in, uh, with with uh, Asa and. Mike in a previous episode about how people get lost. And we looked at the stories in in Luke about uh, the parables of the, the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost sons. And so as we looked at those stories, what we said, you know, people get lost. And Jesus uses the theme of lost. Luke uses the theme of lost. And when we hear the word lost, I think in our minds, we, we connect that with the word found. And so it's easy to put that the expectation on here again that, oh, well, what we have here is this lost and found theme. right? And we do see people being found. And in here, we do have a lost theme. Okay, the harvest is plentiful. It's more than you can ever imagine. So there, that is representing people. And there's people that need to be included in the kingdom, and you need to go work and, and be a part of bringing them into part of the kingdom. So there's this lost theme here. But the focus of that following theme, I don't think it's found um, because we do see stories where people are being found, but that's not an overarching theme. I think the bigger theme here, instead of lost and found, is instead lost and in, in what I would maybe call lost and sought, because the focus of what I, that I see in Luke and the in the Gospels, and particularly again in Acts, is how there are lost persons to the kingdom that need to be included in the kingdom. So we are the ones that are being sent out as readers of the Gospels, as hearers of the Gospels, as followers of Jesus, to go seek those persons out and be the harvest workers. So that lost and sought theme, if we miss that in this Gospel, I think we're missing a big part of the calling of Jesus here as He prepares these people to to go out and seek. Go out, pray Hmm. that the Lord will send out more people. Go, I am sending you And so these persons are doing work. And I think that's the bigger theme. So as we think about that lost and sought theme versus a lost and found theme, what are some things that stand out to you about
1: Mm -hmm. that? That's good. You know, I I really had never kind of put those two together. But when you say that, that really makes me think about how we're really just called to love God and love our neighbors, right? And so like when you think about people, I guess no one really likes to think that, they need to be rescued by anyone else, That's per right, se. Yeah. yeah, it's just, <laughs> You're I my just project I just, now. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like no one li- feels good about being a project, but just to know enough that, hey, man, you know what? I see you, and I'm I'm just here. I'm gonna be in your corner. Um, it's it's really. I mean, even honestly, I did a training on social media, and they were talking about how we're missing so much connection with one another now because we're looking at it. I don't like to be those people who bash social media. Social media is great, but it, you know, getting to work in a school now, it's really crazy because they say that if somebody just makes eye contact with somebody else, that it can just change their whole mood drastically for the rest of the day. You know, if you just smile at somebody, if you just say hello, like it's not nothing about completely just going over the top and saying, Hey, (laughs) You look like you're in trouble. I'm going to fix you. It's no, just, hey, I see you. You know, I want to get to know you better. Even sure. just something as small as like a kind, simple gesture can just have profound impact on people. Yeah. You know, and I think that we, if we're called to love God and love others, I think that that is exactly, you know, just letting people know, hey, I see you. Yeah. I, I just want to truly, I don't have an agenda, right? Yeah. I just want to... Do what I'm called to do, which is to just love on other people.
0: Yeah, I th- you know, I think there's that's something that maybe we miss a lot in the church today, and and that maybe has given a false impression for others because of having instead of having this focus on lost and sought, where we need to see that there are people far from God, and so what Jesus is calling us to do is to seek them out and be a part of their life to point them to Jesus. Instead, I think the paradigm that we've we've created for ourselves over time is this lost and found. And so you're lost and you need to be found. You're my project or it's your responsibility We've provided this great church for you. Look at Did you not see our steeple? It's so high in the air. You can see it going down the road. We we built this giant cross. You can see it across town. (laughs) You should know where to go to come be found. And I think that's missing completely the expectation of what the gospel is doing and where it's supposed to be working in our hearts to know, no, no, no. Rather than requiring people to come find us, we should be going to them and seeking others. And uh, one of the things that came up to my mind as I was, re- as I was um, reading through the scripture and making notes is um, one of the, the, the things that, that stood out to me is this, this is this thing that was pretty common a couple of years back, and I think it's still common now. Uh, within the church people who aren't in the church may not have ever heard of this but it was something called a seeker culture so we right. had churches they were seeker church, sensitive churches right so we're going to be this this uber contemporary really fun place so that if you're far from God you come in it's cool and that kind of stuff but but the focus there on that culture was uh, we're seeker sensitive implying that we're providing a place for you to come seek Jesus Sure, and I think that you know, maybe that kind of misses the point. In some I don't want to bash those churches or anything like that, but I think that's what comes to mind here. And instead, what this is calling us to do is something totally different.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is is to go and seek others. So, what are some ways in which you've seen in your own life uh, where where you where it's, you've bumped up maybe against some of this cultural expectation of lost and found, but but we're framing it instead in this, this you're someone who should be seeking. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Changes that.
1: Well, and I think, I think one of the issues that we run into sometimes, you know, is that we have this mindset of expectations of what we think is supposed to look like. And like you were talking about earlier with the seeker, you know, that's great and all trying to reach other people and provide opportunities, but you're still putting up a fence between you. Right. You know? And so, I think just changing that mindset, I I just think it's one of the hardest things to break ourselves up as humans is comparison. Yes. You know, and like, well, I may not be as good as this person, but I'm better than this person. Right. (laughs) You know, and so like, even if that's not like, you're not trying to be nasty, like that's not your mindset. There is, you know, at least you know, thank goodness that I'm in a better situation, you know, that this is my situation. And so even if it's unintentional, we're creating these boundaries that we set around ourselves that differentiate us from other people. Yeah. And so much of what the New Testament is based on is going to meet people where they're at. You know, it wasn't, open the doors and they're going to come on in, you know, it was, no, where, where was Jesus having all of these sermons at? You know, it was on boats. It was on sides of hills. He was going to the different places. He was eating with people. He was having good times with people. It was never this thing of come and view. It was come and do life with, right? And so I think for me, that's been something that I would say, learning and growing and how to do this thing and trying to figure out what the heck it's supposed to look like is just honestly having real conversations where am I still having boundaries, you know, like I've been a part of ministries where we had more people as a part of the worship team than showed up to the worship experience and it's very humbling. And, you know, we all had honest conversations with ourselves and hey, did we even try to truly invite people or did we just post something on Facebook (laughs) the day of and just hope that they show up? Right. Like, I don't know that many people that just say, you know what, I'm just going to go to this thing. I don't have any connections to it, but I'm just going to walk in the door. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just that sense of I am on your level and you are on my level. I want to go out and I want to, be a part of this experience together, right? Yeah. And so, I just, I just think that is something that daily, I mean, truly almost daily, that you have to break yourself of of just seeing the world and realizing that we are all created as a part of the kingdom. Yeah, that we all have different backgrounds, we all have different struggles, but at the end of the day. This whole thing is we could very easily be in different situations in each other's situations, you know, and I was fortunate to be born in a situation where I had an experience where I came to know and love Jesus at an early age. Yeah. And maybe someone else hasn't been afforded that opportunity yet. That's right. You know?
0: And so really, I mean, that was really good what you were talking about there. And and I want to kind of go back to some of those pieces you were talking about how we are all very different. And, that is a benefit. Yes. It's a benefit. I mean, in, in fact, it's, it's to our detriment when we are around people who are more similar to us and they're just like us. But instead, we all are special and unique. And some of the things that we think are not right with us are actually the things that are very right with us. Yes. Um, that when we go expand our, our, our relationship with others, we find that those are actually the gifts that other people need in their life. And so, with that piece of, of going and, and being present, what I see constantly in the Gospels is, is is a physical presence with people. I mean, they're not just standing up saying, "Hey, we got uh, t- Jesus going to be over here here at this day. Come and come and see him on this day, right here." No, right. instead, there's a physical presence. There's not just an announcement. And I think that's something that that I hear a lot. Um, and I think that's missing today is, is that physical presence with people. I meet people all the time to say, hey, I've, yeah, well, I've, uh, I don't go to church anywhere, but I've lived in this community for 30 years, but nobody's ever came and knocked on my door. Wow. And the reality is, is we live in isolated places. Um, yeah. Our homes, we come in and they're designed now. We come in and we, we, we park in a garage maybe or park outside, but we shut our door. We don't necessarily have front porches. I have a back fence in my backyard so I can have some privacy. Right. And so. Uh, so we do live in isolated lives we uh, we live uh, work and play in isolation we work in a place with walls typically where we don't have we're not afforded opportunities to relate with people even you as a teacher have limited ability to relate with with some people on a personal level you no, have absolutely. to maintain this this boundary between teacher and student teacher and others so uh, so when we come home and we continue in a small group of, of relationships whether it's our families or our close friends, We really live in isolated worlds. Yes. And so so the good news here and what these people are being sent out to, to do, the good news of Jesus is that they are being equipped to go and be a personal presence with others. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where this good news starts with. I mean, we haven't got to the point in the story where Jesus dies for the sins of the world, but yet this is still good news. Yeah, And that's something that's really powerful for me in this is because the beginning of the good news that we see right here with these people being sent out, the people we don't even know their names, is the same thing that happens later on in the story after Jesus dies and is resurrected and ascends. People still, they go out. And the very beginning of what they're called to do is to go. Don't stay here. I know this is the place that's familiar to you, but go. Go to others. So, so you know, what is good news if we're not going to go and be present and be that presence for others? And Absolutely. That's something that stands out to me in this story.
1: Well, and, you know, one of the things that Jesus is really good at is kind of pushing you in terms of a comfort level. Like he always answers questions with questions. Oh, indeed. He won't he there's just no black or white when it comes to what you should do in situations. You know, he he you think that there will be an answer one way and instead it's just left open-ended and I think that in that same way just what you were talking about, just being able to continue to push others out of their comfort zone and say, you know, we're supposed to be in communion with one another and we're supposed to seek opportunities to Be a part of this and do life together. Like I always, you know, one of my favorite ones is in Acts chapter two, when they create the church and how they did life together. Like the church was not, I go visit church (laughs) and then, okay, I'll see you next Sunday. Like, no, they literally like, they even divide, like put all their money together and divided it up to take care of everybody. Like it was just a really like something that, is unheard of in our world. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not look out for yourself at all. It's look out for everybody. And so they truly broke the boundaries of what doing life together is supposed to look like. Like it was the epitome of family and what that is supposed to look like.
0: Yeah. And on that, continuing on that theme of, of, as well as we see as the story develops, we're introduced to a character named Paul, who's an early Christian as well. Who, who continues that story in a new way, and he's planting churches all across new areas now. And there's a famine in Jerusalem, and he goes around back to these churches and is asking them to pitch in and to help. So that same theme of the very early church that you know, yeah. that, hey, like we're 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 committed here to 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 being a family and, and providing for the needs of others, even at a distance that same theme can be applied to where you're connected to something bigger than yourself and there's someone that needs you right wow. now. Yeah, And that's that lost and sought mentality of seeing the world in a different way. There are people who need you in their life. Even if you, even if you can't be physically present as part of the body of Christ, there's other ways you can be involved. But you have to be a person who is seeking that for others. Yeah, And uh, I think if we miss that, that lost and sought theme, I think what we do is we miss out... Um, the ways in which we can live that in our own context. And if we miss that in our own context, then I think we've missed a major part of what is the good news of Jesus. And And
1: I'll I'll say too, one of the things that I think overwhelms people is the idea of having to do, having to think they have to do way more than they, than they are. Right. So it's like we're, we're being, we have to do everything right. You know, it's (laughs) like, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, we're going to, sell away everything and like just, you know, become an evangelist mm-hmm. on the streets and stuff, you know? And I, I just think it it can be overwhelming to think about the idea of trying to talk to people about loving Jesus and yeah. building a relationship with them. And it can become intimidating. And I think that that's a problem that people face sometimes too. It's just almost like paralysis by analysis, right?
0: Yeah. And so we feel inadequate. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really good here because in this story, what we see is, uh, a couple of things. Uh, if we look at verse four, Jesus says, "Don't carry a money bag with you, a traveler's bags, or sandals." And so, in this, uh, these people are equipped to go, but but they're not taking things with them. Right. And. They're going to places that they're. Let's be honest; they're familiar with this, with, with where they're going. Sure, yeah. Now they may have not had. They may not have friends in some of these towns and villages, but they're not going to faraway countries at this time. They're going to areas that are around them. It may be like us walking from Haughton to Texas right now. I mean, yeah, it's going to take us a while to get there, but I could drive it in forty minutes if I really wanted to, right. or thirty minutes if I wanted to. So you know it's it's not too far out of their context it's probably even closer than that probably be like us going to the next town over for some of these people but there is here this reliance on god's trust in who you are and i think in part of that is no we don't have to always not everybody is called to sell everything they have and go be an evangelist and i guess that maybe we're coming from a pastor who who literally has has done that in some ways but yeah, yeah. Uh, but no not at all where where we live work and play Jesus sends us to be that person of peace for others. And in this story, in the area where where they live, work, and play, they're going to expand that a little further to go into towns and villages that Jesus is already going to, and they're going to do something a little different and see those people a little differently. And I think that's a powerful message in this, is these are areas of commonality for them. They're not strange places. They could actually leave their stuff at home. Yeah. You can leave your stuff. Now it's going to be a hard trip to get there because yeah, these are things you rely on. Like I, you know, well, I may need to carry some money with me. I'm going to have to buy something at some point, or I may need to hitch a ride or whatever. I need, I need to take some clothes with me. This traveler's bag, or whatever. But you said, no, you don't need to go and and prepare a lot for this trip. Just go, just go and trust in, in, in what's going to happen. And I think there's a lot to that as well Is sometimes we feel like we have to, to to do so much to prepare to go reach somebody and just to be a, the good news presence in their life. And the reality is, 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 as we are, God calls us. As we are, Jesus loves us and Jesus calls us. And there's things that along the journey we're going to learn and we're going to work on, but we don't have to go and prepare a certain way to get there. And I think that's a really big piece of this, is these persons don't have to prepare a certain way to go to the next place that they're called to. Just go. You're prepared yeah. enough in the way in which you are to do this. Well, and I think,
1: uh, you know, I'm just thinking about that now too. When you talk about the 72 people, let's say some of them know each other. We're not even including the fact that someone might have the pride to say, you know what? I don't think this person is going to get the job done. So yeah. I'm going to visit their town too. You know, like, cause that's a real thing. You know, yeah. we, we have people who, you know, might have some trust issues with, we have the saying what that you, you can't really get anything done unless you do it yourself. Yeah. Like that's a a mentality we have. So like there's part of a bigger picture here. He's sending 72 people out.
0: Which is a good group. I mean, that's that's a a large group. That's a large group of people.
1: Right. (laughs) But like one, what if one of them decides they're going to detour to go to theirs first? And then this one never even gets it. So like, there's gotta be some trust on that end too, that everybody's going to take care of their job that they've been called to do and that they can handle it. You know, it's so easy. I Again, I've been part of ministry before where there's not so many people. And so a lot of people are carrying a lot of different things. And it's very easy to have the mentality of, instead of let's try to train somebody how to do this. It's just, you know what? I'll do that too. It's fine. Yeah. I'll take care of this. And then suddenly you're overwhelmed and you're burnt out And you can't figure out why. Well, it's because you picked up the work of five other people because you didn't take the time to help somebody learn how to do that. And and in fact, I I know that you've told me this too. Honestly, you're kind of denying someone of their calling.
0: You are. Absolutely. Because the moment that we try to do everything ourselves, we, we say that we have enough on our own. Right. Rather than saying, Hey, I can do this, but the reality is is somebody else can do this too. And yeah. I can teach somebody else, and I have the capacity in myself to, to help others. So these people aren't going along. They're going two by two, which right. you know we're kind of taking back to some other stories there as well. But but they're going with other people, um, and I think there is that coaching mentality there. And they're going, and they're looking for someone else because they're praying that more people will join them. So. Yeah. There's a there's definitely a teaching aspect to that, Absolutely. and and the fact that we have 72 people in this story early on in the Gospel of Luke, they're normal, messed up people like you, like me, and like everyone else. I mean, they they live normal life. They've they gone through some pretty crappy situations, yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. um, some of them may have had some good lives. I don't we don't really know, but they're normal people that are equipped as they are to do this work, and to raise up others. Man, it it really is. That That is awesome and good news in itself. Yeah, And Jesus isn't even going there quickly is another thing. Like Jesus is like, I'm sending you out to do this. I'm I'm going to come by there. And as we find later in the story, like Jesus actually never shows up there. Right. Yeah. Which <laughs> we're going to get to right? that later. they come back and report to Jesus. Wow. And so it's not like Jesus is coming behind them. Like, oh yeah, I'll come check in on you. No, no. Like, like that's a part of the story. Like Jesus isn't even checking in on them. They're going to come check in with Jesus later on in the story and be like, you'll never guess what happened. I can't wait to share that piece of this.
1: Completely but taking the training wheels off.
0: Completely. Like you yeah. got this.
1: Total trust. Total it's trust. like it's like the dad. Here you yeah. go. You can do it. I believe yeah. in you.
0: Yeah. And they figure it out. So, you know, I think what we have here is we have a lot of of hard work. And it is hard work, um, but it's different work. It's, it's really hard work to go out there and to do this. And so Jesus starts by them praying, pray that there's more harvest workers, there's more people who are going to join you. And I think the reason for that is because it requires a lot of patience. And so the way in which he frames sending them is prayer for others because we do have to have patience. And so before they can see the fruit of the harvest that they're working, before they can do more things, then, then reality is, is any of us, when we do that, we have to have more patience to persevere so that other people have time to join in the work. And so great things, they, they don't happen immediately. It takes time, it takes hard work, it takes patience, it takes grit, and it does take more people joining in. And um, I think there is a patient aspect of that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what are some some things in, in that, that that stand out to you?
1: Well, you know, seeing where, He says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, you know, and it's really like you were talking about to send more workers to you again. That's, you know, that goes even back to where it's like, not only is it about trusting other people to do the job, but like also pray for even more people to kind of help you. Right. Yeah. To join the task. And so I guess it's just a unique changing of the mindset that this isn't, you know, it's the ultimate team game and it's yeah. the ultimate allowing people to step into that that i think really kind of sticks out to me i think that that's pretty cool um i again it's just there there's so much layered in this oh yeah you know that's just it's it's completely crazy cuz it just flips the dependency for us right
0: yeah, i mean there are so many expectations that we bring to this that when we read it we miss so much yeah. we really we do we miss so so much of this uh, there is a dependency here on others it is a team gain game, game and i think um, to go back to that lost and found if our if our view of the people who are live who live work and play with us if the view of the people that we encounter day in and day out or we or we may See, on occasion, if our view of them is that our calling is to to help them be found by Jesus, then the only work we're going to do in their life is we want to we want to point them to Jesus, and they, once they get to Jesus, they're good. You right. should come to church with me. I brought you to church. Great, you're good. Oh, you got baptized today. Great. You made check the, the box off. You've just checked the box. But that's not the parameter that we see here. In fact, they're praying for more harvest workers. So the people who right now are not a part of this team who are not following Jesus, their goal isn't just to get them to follow Jesus and introducing them to Jesus. Their goal is to get them to do the same thing that they are doing.
1: Right. Well, and just a step beyond, you know, I think sometimes we can get caught up in the mindset of numbers in our society. And so we have these different things, you know, I've been to concerts before, which are awesome, but like, we see hundreds of people maybe come to Jesus at a concert. And yeah. to this, that might excite us and just think about, oh man, if we can just get people to just join yeah, and to just accept Jesus and then they're good to go. And we just expect them, Hey, congratulations. You're a baby Christian. Good luck. See you later. <laughs> you know, it's just yes. it, earlier when you were talking about like the grit and yeah. the, you know, the perseverance that comes with that. Like, I mean, think in our own lives, you know, uh, I know for, you and myself, we've been Christians for a long time, and we still need people in our corner to continue to help us, to continue to hold us accountable and stuff. And so wouldn't it be expected the same of these people that we're doing life? Like, it's an active Indeed. decision. Um, Indeed. I think, you know, you, you had mentioned something at church about who are four people in our life, right? Yeah. That we could turn around and say, you know what? I want to do life with you. Not... I want to show you who Jesus is and let you figure it out from there, you know. But like being intentional enough to say, "Okay, I want to dedicate to this and like truly do life with these people."
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, it is doing life with people, living, journeying with people. Yeah. yeah, on their on their life's journey, and in that aspect here, I think what we see with in Luke is this is very countercultural, in a lot of ways is countercultural in that Jesus is sending people out to share good news, true good news. And so when we hear the good news of Jesus, that has been wrapped up into a little nice box for us that means the good news of Jesus is Jesus has died on the cross for your sins, and you are saved. Well, that's a part of the good news, but the good news, actually, if you unwrap that box, is so much more than just that. Yeah. So much more than just that. And the fact that in this piece that they're going out and they're developing others and seeking that in others, that they, as they are, are empowered by Jesus to go and to pray for others, that when we encounter those people in our lives, that are the persons that Jesus has put in our, our life to 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 live life with, and to help point their lives to Jesus? Then what we have what we have the ability to do is for them to see that hey, in my normal walk of life, Jesus still calls me to do this, and I believe in you that your calling is to do the same. You can do the same thing. You this is good news. In your life. Jesus meets you where you are, and not just that you have are the person to go out and reach someone else man that that's that is something I don't think that people hear a lot right
1: well and and like you mentioned earlier this is before even Jesus goes through the ultimate act of sacrifice right so these that's people right. are spreading good news based on the living Jesus that's right and like just what they have experienced yeah. through him you know at yeah. that point not even the tailor-made stuff that we've been given to that's talk right. to people about it um so I think I mean that's just yeah. even takes the trust level. To another place Indeed right?
0: And in this place I mean people may You know we, we get into these debates All the time in churches You know Well do you believe The right things about Jesus the, I mean some of these people May be like Yeah Jesus is a pretty cool guy he taught me this stuff. You need to come, you know, check him out. Or, you know, Jesus is is this wonderful sage. Or, you know, we don't know what these people thought about Jesus. Right. And we know that people had varying views on Jesus, even with his disciple his his top twelve. Yeah. That's a development over time. So uh so yeah, that's you know, that's just some deep stuff here that's easy to to pass up. And what I think it is, is I think it, it for me, and I hope it is for, for you and for others, that it's a, that it, the good news is accessible. Yeah. The good news is accessible. So th- this can be kind of, sometimes we read the Bible and it gets really hairy scary. So Jesus said, I'm, I'm sending you like lambs surrounded by wolves. Don't carry anything and don't talk to anybody. And, and so we can read that like, wait a minute, we're just called to go, we're called to pray for people, and this is what you're saying here? And it can be like a really tough saying of to Jesus, but I don't know that it necessarily has to be that tough. He says, go, I'm seeing you like lambs surrounded by wolves. And if that's ever caused anyone a problem reading this, the way in which I would explain that is that really the work that we're doing is hard and as lambs being separated from the bigger herd, it's a dangerous thing to to work with. So does it mean that people are going to be out there eating us and tearing us (laughs) down? No, I I don't think that wolves are attacking us. I think what we see here is the hard work of what we're doing, and it's so countercultural in Jesus' day, and I think it still is the stuff we've been talking is countercultural in our day, even countercultural within mainstream Christianity, that it's going to be tough. And the wolves that we're going to face— it's going to be real danger for us. Yeah, we're going to experience probably more defeat than we fit when than we experience what we may would term, uh, success. We're gonna we're going to experience a lot a lot of toxic people, a lot of negative people, a lot of people who don't want anything to do with us because they have this whole history with the church and with with their view of God. They don't want to, you know. So we're going to encounter a lot of hard conversations, a lot of people who are you know not going to be on our side. Yeah, and that's going to be tough. And I think Jesus is pointing that out right here.
1: Well, and I I think it's important to include too, you know, whenever you're sharing the good news with people, you know, it's not going to be this thing every time where somebody's eyes are just open and said, you know, I never thought about that. Like I'm willing to just go into this. There are going to be people with legitimate issues, legitimate reasons that they have felt hurt, they felt abandoned, and they've never Mm -hmm. had anybody in their corner. that They're going to raise that will even give you, you know, your own thoughts about, man, you know, yeah. that, that's crazy. Like to, for somebody to walk through, like to see the hardships of life to me, like you said, with the wolf thing there, I mean, really not just for the person who's getting the news, but even receiving information from other people and just can see like it just opening your eyes to different things, kind of yeah. broadening, you know, if we're truly doing our job and trying to spread the love of Jesus to as many people as possible, we're going to encounter a lot of people with a lot of different situations than us, you know, in terms of how some of us might have been fortunate enough to be in situations that have been great, yeah. you know, like we were born, um, standing on third base, yeah, you know, compared to others who are having to run a race that we couldn't even imagine That's running, right. you know? And so I think that too, in and of itself, yeah. I don't think that I think the problem sometimes that you'll see with some people when it comes to Christianity is, We, again, we try to put boundaries away from those people who have these different problems, different walks of life than us. And no, I think Jesus, his whole intention is for us to open our eyes to listen. This is the world. This is how diverse, this is how complex this thing can be. You know,
0: I think it, I think it breaks our hearts Yeah, and it breaks down everything that we thought we knew. Yeah, it does. And it's, um, that's a lot, to, that's a lot for us to carry when we have shaped the world around us, um, as people who have lived within the church or are in the church right now or whatever. I mean, we begin to hear more and more stories and we probably have experienced harm in ourselves and man, it just, yeah, we experience more and more of the world and all the things that we thought were black and white are not black and white. No. And it's just, it's really tough. And those things that we encounter. Um, are real pe- those those are real experiences for real people, and in that aspect of, of of experiencing that, we have a choice to make. And I think in this is what Jesus is talking about the difficulty here. Those things can devour us, and we can get lost in the harm and the evil that others do, in the evil of the world of the things that we can't wrap our heads around, things that we uh, we that, that we thought about God that now God doesn't fit in that box for us anymore. And those things can consume us so much that we actually walk away from where where we're called and who and who Jesus is. Right. And so in that scenario, what we find ourselves is is this opportunity to to cling to Jesus and to figure it out. But but it's going to be tough and there's going to be times where these wolves are surrounded. There's things we're encounter and it's going to tear down a lot of things that we thought we knew about the world and that we thought about Jesus knew about God. And we're going to find out we may have been pretty wrong about some of that stuff.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, I know we've talked about before, but even your own faith system,
0: right? That's right.
1: So you go from this, you know, depending on who you are, um, A lot of people, their eyes open when they leave home after high school, right? Yeah. You know, they go out into the world and they experience different things. And maybe for the first time in your life, you're experiencing different interpretations of things than maybe your family has ever exposed you to. Yeah, You know, everybody has beliefs that are affected by the circumstances around them to a certain extent. And then you experience completely different things on a side that maybe you never expected at all. And so how do you put the pieces together again? After having that kind of deconstructed a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really tough. And we encounter that daily. Yeah. And sometimes we don't have the language to deal with that. Uh, one of the things that was helpful for me is uh, there's a, a, a theologian. Uh, his name is uh, Richard Rohr. Some people may be familiar with him. And um, one of the thing I have a love hate relationship with Richard Rohr. I mean, just like everybody else, there's things I love about him, there's things that I'm like, oh, I'll have to think a little more about that. But there's something that he shared, and I, I'd, I'd be honest, I haven't read any of his works, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. And he was talking on a on a show once. I don't even remember how long. I mean, it has been a, a couple of years ago now, and I don't remember the context of it. But he shared something about his view, and I don't know. He probably got it from somebody else. I'm sure we do that, right? Of the way in which faith works, and. Um, and so I want to credit Richard Rohr in, in that this is where sure. I learned this from, but I don't even know if I'm using his language, but the way in which I've lived with that and I've, I've worked through that thought is this way is that we, we come from a constructed faith that the world around us is constructed by the experiences that we have. And that's everybody. And I'm not, when I say faith, I don't mean just Christian faith. I mean, it can be anything. The world in which we live has been constructed for us. What we know, what we experienced, uh, what we believe about God, about people, about th- all that is constructed for us. We learn it in our early years of life. And depending on our life experiences, there comes a point in life, and it's typically marked by tragedy for many people, but it's not always tragedy, but there comes a point where what we once thought and what we clung to is, is tore down. Like you were just saying, it just, it's deconstructed. And so those pieces of this nice system that was put together of what we believe and, and what we know about the world, uh, it falls apart, and it falls apart in big ways. And for some of us, it happens early in life. Uh, some of it ha- times it happens when we're kids. Sometimes it happens when we are teenagers or or, or young adults when we go to colleges. Sometimes it happens. I mean, it's not it's it's not an age thing. It can happen later in life. Uh, Asa shared on. Uh, on our on a previous episode her story and for her that happened when and when she was in her 30s yeah so i mean it does it can happen at any point in our lives for some people they're they're in much older age and, and they're in their their 60s and the world starting to fall apart so there are things that we hold real dear because we were taught and it was it's always been that way for us and that falls apart and we enter this phase of deconstruction so it's world's constructed for us faith is constructed and then it's deconstructed. Right. And so we look around and everything we knew fell, fell pieces and we can feel like, well, if, since that's not true, nothing's true. And I can't know nothing about the world, but that actually is is false. And so I think that when it comes to faith, and this is one of the things that I I think I may remember correctly about Richard Ward, but I may not. It may just be something that I've developed as I've thought through this, but Uh, But I think that the church, the way I've I've seen it is that we want to construct things for people. We want to give them a constructive faith of what to think about the world around them, what to think about people around them, what to think about God and other things. And so when when per- persons who are raised in the church go to college and go other places, the college is just a, a scenario because we see it a lot. And they follow people who are like, oh, no, I can't believe in God anymore because of this. I can't believe in the Bible because of this. Everything falls apart, and they, and they don't know what to do with it. And the church, all they know how to do is, is construct something in baby steps for people. But I think the real calling of the good news of Jesus is, is where uh, I would call reconstructed. So I don't remember if Richard called it that or not, but it's constructed, deconstructed, and reconstructed. And that's the hard work where we l- really live life with people, where we help people pick up the broken pieces of their lives and say, no, you can rely upon this. What do you know to be true? And let, let's talk about that. And we yeah, begin to reconstruct something around us about faith. And it doesn't look ne- nearly what it looked like before. It's not a building that's nice and, 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 and pretty. In fact, it may have some holes in the walls. It may be a little wider than it was tall before, but it typically has a pretty strong foundation. And uh, there's a lot that I know to be true about Jesus today. Uh, that I didn't know to be true about Jesus before. There's a lot that I thought about Jesus to be true before that I know is not true about Jesus now. And so there's a journey that we're on, and that the hard work and the good news of Jesus and the hard work of the church is really to help people pick up the pieces of their lives and reconstruct their life and a healthy view of who God is. Yeah. And that means that we have to deal with the real harm that we experience in the world. We have to deal with the wolves of our lives and, and the reality of what happens around us. And and we have to have an answer for that. And it's okay to have an answer. Sure. And it's okay for that answer to say, you know, I really don't know.
1: Yeah. I think I mean I mean it's really tough. And you know, I think it's important for us to remember sometimes you know, it would, it's like ignorance is bliss, right? Like it would be so much easier to just put blinders on oh, yeah. and just walk through life. But I think that's not God's intention. When you look at the fall with Adam and Eve, first off, somebody else was going to mess up at some point too, right? You know, <laughs> we can't just blame everything on them, but they have the fall and it makes life more complicated and yeah. the doors are open to these things where again, there's gray area, yeah. you know? It's, it's just impossible for life to be completely black and white. And I don't think that's the intention at this point. That's right. And so I think that, I mean, that is just so spot on. To be able to, we all have different experiences. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It because is. Because we are allowed spaces and opportunities to educate each other on different places, different walks, different areas of struggle in life so that we are better equipped and have put some more, pieces in our belt, pieces in our, um, arsenal to deal with these different situations. And, you know, they talk about building your faith and like having good building blocks. Right. And if you have a faith that has never been, the box has never been open, nothing has happened. And then tragedy hits and the whole thing collapses. That's a whole lot harder to come back from. than if you've explored different pieces of that, you know, and you've reconstructed a little bit, built it to where, Okay, so maybe this piece doesn't work for me anymore, but I still have this solid foundation that I can work upon.
0: Yeah, and I know, you know that's a scary place for people to be to put sure, their life back together. No, no doubt. Um, I think it may be a scarier place in some ways. Well, maybe not. I think I think it's a scary place for everybody, no matter where you are in this situation. If the world around you is falling apart and you can't, you can't, you're, you, that container that's been built around you can't hold. That's tough. Yeah. and it's really scary, and I think some of the challenges we see in the church today are from people who are trying to hold to what they've known to be true, and they're more committed to that, of holding what someone has told them, rather than being committed to really digging into the good news of Jesus and discovering, because they feel like the world's going to fall apart. The reality is, is the world will fall apart. Uh, Jesus tore down a lot of barriers and walls. It's not He's not comfortable, right. and there are things that we need to let go of, but it doesn't mean that our lives have to fall completely apart, and that that everything that we've been taught is false. There are things that are certainly true, and and helping people find those pieces to hold on to is okay. But but we've got to provide a space of flexibility in in the unknown, in discovery. And there's a joy in discovery, and, and one of the things in which I've I've been encouraged in my faith is, is i feel like i finally have and i came to faith early, uh later in life but uh in my 20s but i find that really my faith today is more of an adventure yeah and, and i love it i'm always learning something new and part of going on an adventure or a journey is discovering something you don't know so if i were to go to colorado and go uh, jogging somewhere and adventure out in the wilderness um, most likely I've never been to that place. Right. So for for me, I've never been to that place. So it would be something new constantly that I'm discovering that maybe I had expectations of what this was going to be like, but it's going to blow my expectations. Now, if I go to the park down the road that I go to all the time, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. I'm familiar with everything. And so I miss so much. So, you know, it is an uncomfortable thing to, to question, but, but that's okay. We can do that. And I think some of the the challenges we have before us is our world is moving more and more into constructed fields to where people are more polarized. Uh, You know, you should be this way when it comes to politics. You know, there there's, there's these few boxes you should fit in. And if you don't fit in a box, you better find a box. You should fit in this box when it comes to church. There's several different types of churches. But you better pick one. Right. And so as we continue to live in these constrained worlds, then we're missing a larger point of experiencing others. Absolutely. And, and that's a big part of experiencing who Jesus is, is opening our eyes to the ways in which the world isn't black and white, but rather how the Spirit of God moves in different situations, in different places to reveal who God is in the world.
1: Yeah, I mean... If we, we all believe you hear from a the time you are a child that you're creatively and uniquely and wonderfully made and you're created to be, there's just one of you, but you got to fit in this box with the rest of us, you know, that just doesn't really line up with what you've been telling me. That's so right. I think I think allowing that that space for people to be who they're called to be and not pretending that we know what that calling is, you know, everyone has their unique journey that they are called upon.
0: Yeah. It is it is true, and one of the things with that is, um, this was something that I heard at a in a recent podcast. It's actually called the New Church Podcast, in their episode four nineteen, I believe, it was Ed Stitzer was, was speaking, and I made notes. I may not I'm not going to try to quote him, but in essence, what what Ed said was people of character make choices based on their hierarchy of values, and so each come to different conclusions. Mm. So people of character make choices based on their hierarchy of values, and so each come to different conclusions. Um, and I'm not going to hash out what they were talking about in the podcast, but I think that is a, a good thing for us to kind of end on here, is, is we are people who, who are sent out, who Jesus is, is speaking into our lives. Uh, every person has this calling. Every person. Every person is called by Jesus to go. And to go as they are, they're going to learn so much more but but go now don't wait go and be a person of peace and along that journey faith is going to develop and some of the things that that we thought we we knew and could hold on to we're going to find out that it wasn't true or it wasn't what we thought and a world's going to tragedy going to strike uh and and our world's going to come falling down and we need people to help us put those pieces back together and we need jesus to show us where those pieces fit and as we do that, as we develop our character around the character of Jesus, then we're going to make decisions that are different from others because we're going to have different values because yeah. of our experiences because we are uniquely and in, in creatively, innovatively made. Yeah. So, um, so it's okay in that that we come to different conclusions as well. Yeah. But the church, the body of Christ, is big enough of a container to hold that.
1: Right. And, and we're that's all, okay. Yeah, we're all called to different parts, right? It talks about the eye can't do what the foot can and the hand can't do what that's the right. nose can You know, I mean we are all created in different ways, called to live into our callings in different ways and at different timings, honestly, you know, for us, um, some of us aren't on, on the same trajectory. There's that's too right. many there's too many obstacles in the way. There's too many things that we have to overcome to arrive to those certain points. So obviously everyone's journey is going to be a little bit different. And I think the more that we as the church can create those spaces for that, I think the better we're going to be. The more that we can allow our uniqueness to flourish instead of trying to constrain it to fit what we think it should be, I think that is a major step in opening the door for allowing God to be more accessible to people so they don't have to climb through a window to get there.
0: Indeed. And allow the Spirit to move, the Spirit of God to move. And and that takes reliance on our part. And I think that's where Jesus is trusting us to go and do this. Jesus is trusting me, is trusting you, trusting everyone to go and and be with other people, to be a person of peace. And so if God is trusting in us, we need to trust in the Holy Spirit to move. And we need to be open to that. And so... I think that there's a lot here that that we've talked about that, that really digs in, and I don't think we've strayed too far from the essence of what this scripture is about. And it is a challenge of a calling to go and pray, to be persistent, but recognizing that the journey is tough. It's going to be tough. And so I look forward to digging into even more of this chapter, Luke chapter 10, uh, in our next episode and beyond. So if anybody wants to read along with this, Luke 10, you can't. I can't get enough of this chapter. So I it's love so Luke 10. so good. And there's some other challenging pieces we'll we'll hash out at another time. But John, as, as we end this, is there anything that you would like to share with somebody that uh, if you've never, if you never have a chance to talk to somebody ever again that you, that you may could talk to on this podcast, what is a word that you'd like for them to know of what we've talked about today?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I just think, I, I guess one of the, the things that I've learned at this point in my life is you know, I don't. I definitely don't know as much as I thought I did at one point. I think everybody reaches that point. The, the it feels like the further I I remember, I think it was Adam Hamilton that said that that the further along you get as a Christian, the more you realize you have further to go. Right? Like it feels, and I feel that way too. And I and I think I you know just it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel like you are just struggling. To feel like you it's hard to make sense of stuff because this is tough stuff. No one has all the answers. That's just the bottom line. And I think as we look at this, I just think it's so important for us to say yes to our calling, regardless of whatever scenario that we're in, regardless of wherever we feel like we're at. I think if I could just go back and tell a younger version of myself to stop worrying about getting in your own way with your own baggage and just realizing that truly that God has called us to be a person and to live in a certain way. And we, if you know that calling, denying yourself of that calling because of what you see as things that limit you is still denying God of allowing yourself to be in that calling, right? So I think, you know, just continue to go on your way. Just know that there are people like Clay and myself that want to be in your corner and that would just be my biggest thing. I think the table is big enough for everyone. And I think that truly we just have to continue to find ways to say yes to our calling, to continue to find ways to trust not only God, but one another, trust ourselves to live into that and to trust the other 71, like in this story, to get the job done. You know, we're a part of something that is so much bigger than we can even comprehend. And I think that is just such a beautiful part of the world. So Allow your space to have space to living to that calling. I think that is just such a big thing, and I can't stress it enough.
0: Indeed. Well, thanks, John, for sharing that and for, uh, for sharing all these stories with us today and digging into this. And if you're listening right now, we thank you for, for being on this journey with us and pray that this has been a blessing to you. And may you see that you're called by Jesus as you are right now and that you are enough. So we rely on you. And I need you, John needs you, you are a person that we need in the body of Christ because you can do something that no one else can. And without you, we are much more less than we ever could be. And so may you find that calling in yourself, and may we be able to help you discover that. So thank you, and until next time. everybody thank you for listening to this episode of EmbraceCast. on the next episode we'll share a sermon that helps us move into a brand new theme be sure to give us a five-star rating subscribe to EmbraceCast, and share it with others we hope this has been a helpful episode for you if this conversation has piqued your curiosity or if you have some questions we'd love to hear them and connect with you please send them to us you can record an audio file send them to us at info at embraceyourparish.org Please keep your audio filed about 20 or 30 seconds and be sure to include your name and where you're from. Embrace is a new church in the greater Hawton area of Louisiana. Embrace is committed to creating new places for new people to experience Jesus. You can find out more at embraceyourparish.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. Now go and embrace Jesus, embrace people, and embrace church.